Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you're tuning in on snl24.com forward slash Sokoloduma, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Play. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, Kurt, the dirt athlete, Buckerfield. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Thanks, Shawnee. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. I'm not going to tell the listeners that you played squash last night, but uh, looking forward to the show, Cody. It's been uh, quite a crazy week in the press, and let's just chat about Mbappe's latest, I don't know what you want to call it, but you know, I've read things like he's willing to sit on the bench for the whole season to to prevent PSG from getting a cent. It's turning a bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is turning crazy, Sean. You're thank absolutely you. right. Yeah. Um, but no, look, let's make both positions clear so for those who don't know Mbappe is um well he has said that he's not going to be renewing his contract beyond 2024 PSG are saying that if he does not sign a new deal um in the coming weeks then they will sell him in this transfer window um because obviously they don't want to lose him for free in 2024 sure um but it's it's a strange one because both Mbappe now and PSG have played their cards but we we still don't know who's bluffing because PSG's president, Nasser Al-Khalifi, has, uh, I think, at least made a massive mistake in coming out to say that Mbappe will be sold if he doesn't commit to new terms. Yeah. Um, and that Mbappe isn't bigger than the club. Because in theory, yes, no player should be bigger than the club. But that is not how Mbappe has been treated since joining PSG. And particularly over the last uh, couple of seasons now. Mm-hmm. So they entire recruitment strategy has sort of revolved around pleasing Mbappe. And that's at least what we are led to believe is one of the reasons he wants to leave because he doesn't believe that the club have done enough in terms of recruitment. And he doesn't think that they've done enough in terms of making PSG strong enough to compete in the Champions League. Um, So I think that the PSG president has put himself in a really difficult position because if he doesn't treat Mbappe like any other player now, if he doesn't banish him uh, to the stands like they did with Adrian Rabiot, I think it was in 2019, yeah. he didn't want to sign a new deal, then how can anyone take PSG seriously again? Because he's, he's, he's sort of seeming very serious with what he's saying. But we're going to find out just in a couple of weeks' time whether that was all true or not. Um, and I think it's a very important moment sort of in PSG's history, honestly, because they're wanting to transform their reputation of being this flashy club that sort of allows its well-paid players to do pretty much whatever they please. Um, and this is their moment to do that. But if they if they fold, then they're going to look really silly. So I think, you know, the president has, has put the club in a tricky position because legally, they can't force Mbappe out. That was my question, yeah. I mean, if a player doesn't want to extend his contract, surely he doesn't you have to extend his contract. Exactly. So they can't force him to do that. Um, so <laughs> if a club, you know, if Real Madrid doesn't offer PSG what they want, which is probably, you know, more than 100 million, um, realistically, then PSG aren't going to be selling him. I don't think that there's any other club in Europe that will be um, in for Mbappe, at least um, from what we know, because, you know, Mbappe has made it clear that he wants to play for Real Madrid at least one day. It's been his, his lifelong dream. He went very close last season. Um, I think at the time, it was very clear he had made a mistake in extending his contract. I think, you know, France president um, Macron got involved in in sort of convincing him to to sign a new deal. 
um, there was this major, major push for PSG to keep him. Wait, wait, um, so the, the, the actual president of the country got involved? Yeah. <laughs> he has said again that he will do his best this time around to do the same, by the way. Um, I think he said that at some sort of um, presidential event where I think it was just a fan who asked him, but it made its way onto social media. But yes, the, the country president got involved. So that's what I mean when I say that they haven't treated Mbappe like he's any other player. Um, you know, he's clearly very influential, very important to PSG, to Paris, to France. Um, and I don't think that he's someone that the club will just leave on the sidelines. So, yeah, they can't force him into a new contract. That's mm. not how this works. Um, but like I said, it's a, it's a very important moment because if they don't um, treat him like any other player, then I, I just don't see PSG ever being taken seriously. Yeah, I fully agree. But are you saying Real Madrid is the only option? I mean, I've read that Man City are not interested, uh, whether that's smoke and mirrors, I don't know. Um, there's possible interest from Arsenal, I think I read. Um, what, what's your take on this? Is it, is it, is it Real Madrid? Or? I, I think it's Real Madrid or nothing for Mbappe. Yeah. I think that's the only club that he wants to join. I think City might be the only other team. Maybe, maybe United too. I don't think that United would go for Mbappe due to the finances that you know, would be involved. But I think that City, Manchester United, Real Madrid are probably the only clubs in, in world football that can afford him, or at least in European football, we know the Saudis can. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the Arsenal links, look, that started from this report saying that Mbappe was a huge fan of Thierry Henry and that he's always had this affection for Arsenal. But I don't think that there's any serious links there. Um, and, you know, Mbappe, I think, first visited Real Madrid's, uh, Real Madrid's facilities as a, I think, 13 or 14-year-old. So, yeah, there's this. There's been this relationship between Real Madrid and Mbappe for many, many years. Um, it looks like something that will inevitably happen. It's just a matter of when. Um, if it's not this transfer window, um, which it doesn't look like it will be, then it's very likely it'll be next transfer window. But yeah, there's there's more at play here. Mbappe's got a loyalty bonus in his contract at PSG that I think he would get in September. Um, the loyalty bonus, you know, is uh, is the fee that he would collect for seeing out his full length um, or seeing out the full length <laughs> of his deal. What? So, so I, I've read that the loyalty bonus is worth ninety million. So now you can you can imagine PSG's frustration and anger, really, because not only would they be losing Mbappe for free if he enters the the final year of his contract, well, he has now. Um, but they would also be paying him 90 million for it. So, oh, man. Yeah. So you sign a contract and they're going to give you a bonus if you adhere to that contract? Yes. Yes. I've never heard of something so ridiculous in my life. It's a real thing for top players around the world and at, at big clubs. Yeah, it's a, it's a part of his contract. Um, he's got a loyalty bonus. Look, that's obviously what would have convinced him to sign that contract at PSG. Of course. It looked almost certain that he was going to go to Real Madrid and everyone was shocked when he when he rejected that that opportunity. Um, but it's clear sort of as to why he did that because he's going to be paid a very, very nice sum of money. Um, which again is sort of weird to me because it's not in line with the things that Mbappe has said publicly in terms of money being a non-factor for him and you know, he's kind of always said that money won't dictate the, uh, the the path of his career. Well, it looks like it is. It looks like he's willing to to stay 
under any conditions at PSG, just so that he can, he can secure that amount of money. Yeah. But look, he's, he's 24 years old. He's also one of the world's biggest superstars. So I just can't see PSG actually not playing him if he, if he makes it clear that he's not going to be extending his deal. Yeah, absolute madness. And, and and just our last point here, would, in your opinion, would he have to take some sort of pay cut going to Real Madrid? Because he's on exorbitant money now. Mm, yeah, look, I think that Real Madrid will will try and find a way to, to give him pretty much close to what he's earning at PSG now mm. in terms of the total package. So at Real Madrid, he might get a really nice signing on fee, especially if he joins for free. Mm. Um, and I think that that was actually a part of Real Madrid's proposal last year. I remember, yeah. Yeah, they were going to give him like, a re- I think it might have been somewhere around 150 million, just a signing on fee because they wouldn't have been, um, or they weren't going to pay PSG a transfer fee. Um, so yeah, Real Madrid uh, will probably be offering him something similar mm. for next season. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story. Absolute madness. Um, let's move on from one world class striker to another Harry Kane to Bayern Munich um, you know I'm, I'm happy for Harry if this happens because uh, we've been speaking about him for a good couple of years now that's you know he, he's such a good player playing in a with all due respect an average squad I guess and and performing at the highest level um, we, he should have probably moved last season he stayed he was in a few goals behind uh, the big cheese at Man City so Curti is this the right move for him if it's going to happen, do you think there's better options out there? I Look, I would personally, as a fan of the Premier League, love to see Kane stay in England. Yeah. Um, so if that means, obviously, going to Manchester United, that would be great. Um, I, I wouldn't want to see him at Chelsea just because they aren't playing in the Champions League and that would kind of be against his whole purpose. Mm. But um, I, I would love to see Kane stay in England. But I do think that this is an opportunity he should take. Um, he would walk into you know, a world-class team that has a world-class coach, a team that consistently competes in the, the latter stages of the Champions League. Yeah. I, think that, I think that Kane deserves that. I think he's been so loyal to Spurs and I, I take my hat off to him. Yeah. Um, you know, credit where it's due. But I do think that he's not getting any younger. He, he turns 30 in October. Um, he's still got many years ahead of him, I'm sure. Um, and we'll see him evolve into, I think, a different kind of player. Like he's already done over the last few seasons where he's, he's much more than a goal scorer. Yeah. And I think I think it would be great. I think it would be great to see Kane win trophies, which yeah. would almost be a guarantee at Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just wish that that opportunity could come in England for him. Um, but like you just said now, he's playing in an average team at Spurs. Mm. I don't see Spurs realistically competing for trophies this season no um you know and i i don't see why kane should be a part of this sort of rebuild either um i think it's unfair on him i think that daniel levy should look to get his star man a move and look i understand levy not wanting to sell him to another premier league club that makes sense to me Mm. um in terms of what it would do for for the premier league i mean strength strengthening a rival is probably not in spurs best interest but um, yeah, I would love to see it happen and I, I think it would be the right move. That that team would be built around him. He's a yeah. world-class player who would uh, score yeah, heaps of goals at, at Bayern. So I'm hoping to see it happen, but um, for now it looks like Spurs aren't going to be tempted into selling him. Um, they haven't even set a price tag 
Um, but Kane, you know, I've read has sort of informally at least told Bayern that he would be open to the move. And that's why there is this push from Bayern to sign him. I don't think that they would be going sort of all out for him had they not received some sort of ind indication from him that uh, he's interested. So, yeah, yeah it, it could it could still happen, but I think it would require a lot more money. And Kurt, is, is, is he in the final year of his contract? Yes. So he would be entering into the, well, he's now entered into the, the final 12 months. Mm. Um, you know, Spurs obviously would, would hate to lose him for free, I'm sure. But Levy is probably someone who would back himself to to negotiate with Kane um, before that before that deal runs out. But who knows? Um, maybe maybe that's not going to happen. Maybe yeah. Kane leaves in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. And Daniel Levy is known to be the master negotiator. So let's let's watch this one closely. Let's move on to the second best team in Manchester. That's Man United, obviously. Um, and I called this, Kurt, actually, not to you, but I did call this, that this might happen, that Onana might be going to United, uh, even though he's just joined, I think, Inter. Uh, this is his first season. I think he's world-class. I think he fits United. I think he fits Ten Hag. What's your opinion? Yeah, look, something that many people seem to be sort of glossing over is the fact that Onana worked with Ten Hag at Ajax. He played yeah. 145 games under him. It's the most appearances he's made under any manager. So there's there's a relationship that exists already there. Um, so in terms of just that, it makes sense. Then in terms of his ability um, and his skill as a, as a footballer, you know, on top of being a, a good goalkeeper, it, it could be very crucial to to what Ten Hag wants to do at Manchester United. And, mm. you know, we spoke about David De Gea being a problem for Ten Hag when Ten Hag first joined uh, mm. last season. And we talked about how he might struggle to adapt to, to to being a sweeper keeper to that role that Ten Hag sort of demands of his goalkeepers. And early on in the season, we saw that De Gea was making many mistakes, and eventually it looked like Ten Hag just reverted back to what De Gea's role under previous managers would have been, mm -hmm. which was if you're under pressure, you know, ideally I would like you to to play it out the back, but if you're under pressure and you feel like you can't get the pass away, then just try and boot it up to to the striker. Mm. Um, and and that's not the way that Ted Hag wants to play. It's it's important to him that his goalkeeper is is good on the ball and can pick a pass and can play under pressure. De Gea can't do that. Um, and yeah, it was sad to see him leave under mm. those circumstances with the way that United handled the whole contract situation. But it was the right move. And Onana is a is a top goalkeeper, 27 years old, so a, a lot of years ahead of him. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping to see it happen. I think uh, it, it, it could happen in the next uh, couple of days. Yeah, me too, Kurt. Uh, I'm excited about this. I, I love this sort of Aderson sort of Onana goalkeeper in the Premier League. I certainly wasn't one of those, even having played for Ajax as well. That was probably my biggest weakness. But um, again, let's just touch on De Gea. Is it unfairly treated or is it just the way the matter was actually handled? I do agree with you. I think the decision was correct. Um, uh, for me, at the moment, at United, he wasn't a number one in terms of what Ten Hag required. Um, but could have been handled a bit differently, I guess. Yeah, I think it could have been handled differently. But I saw someone put it in a very smart way the other day on social media, where they said that, yes, on the surface, it looks like De Gea has been mistreated. But over the last few seasons, Manchester United have made concessions for De Gea, where they've, they've given him a ridiculous amount of money a week. 
think it was he was earning close to 400 a week um which was insane when you could kind of see the direction that goalkeeping was going in um they they gave him a new contract just a few years ago and they were willing to to give him a new contract this time around as well yeah so united kind of went out of their way to facilitate or to accommodate rather de gea yeah. um over the last few seasons and yes it does look bad on the club to offer him a contract and then to essentially withdraw it mm. or at least at the the terms that they were initially offering that that's not a good look and it's you know it's harsh on someone who's been at the club for 12 years mm. um and who has had a good career um but at the end of the day the club needs to move on um de gea lost his place in that spain team a few years ago now he hasn't been a part he wasn't a part of it under luis enrique Mm-hmm. Um I think in Luis Enrique's last two or three years as Spain coach De Gea was was not in his plans. Um he had lost his confidence, um high profile mistakes and I think that a very serious moment um in this whole saga would have been that that the FA Cup final loss to City. That second goal from Gundogan just should never go in in a cup final shot. It yeah. it bounced its way past him. Yeah. It was a, a left-footed volley from Gundogan so with his weaker foot from outside the box. Yeah. Um the hair sort of stumbled across his line trying to get to it. And I just think that it's those kind of kinds of errors over the last few seasons yeah. that has led many many Manchester United fans to a point of frustration and to thinking that maybe we would actually be better off without him. So look great servant um mm. i wish him all the best to him and his family but it was time <laughs> that manchester united moved on you know um and that's football it's an unforgiving sport it, it evolves and de gea unfortunately has shown that he can't adapt and as as harsh as that sounds he has shown that he cannot play as a sweeper keeper yeah and, and that's okay it's just not a man united and and next step for for de gea Oof, i i don't know i think he might be tempted by uh, Yeah. read that there are teams in Saudi after him but I don't know maybe he goes back to Spain um I, I'm not sure it's it's a shit one for him man because yeah. it looked like he was going to stay I think he just got married as well correct so there's been a lot going on sort of in his personal life and I'm sure he would have wanted to be settled you know at this point in his career so to find a new club potentially a new country to go and play in now um might be very difficult for him as someone who seems to struggle with confidence and with you know adapting yeah but uh we wish him well Sean yeah we wish him well so one player out one player in Mason Mount's uh winning starts on debt well you can't really call it a debut I guess but uh pre-season friendly against Leeds uh, I didn't watch the game did you see it I watched the first half yeah. and yeah Mount looked really good look I, it doesn't surprise me I think he's a good footballer um and I think that in the way that Ten Hag wants Manchester United to play he will he will be very key mm. um and yeah he, he had some good moments some really nice moments pressing from the front mm. won a lot of tackles um but then obviously tactically or technically rather astute on the ball no looked good looked promising 2-0 win we'll mm. take that and united in general i know it's so early days but uh uh fresh from a FA Cup final loss. Mm, look, no, were you to ask me about the performance specifically? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so a lot of the the players who were 
on international duty towards or at the end of the season rather were not there so it was a very um, yeah. mixed uh, team uh, Martinez and Varane did start at, at centre-back Juan Basaka was at right-back mm. Mount was in um, but there was no like Marshall or Rashford or Bruno Fernandes all those players were missing but uh, you know considering the circumstances it was a, a very neat performance Sancho nice. was in there Diallo, Ama Diallo, from, uh, who's just returned from loan at Sunderland, yes. played pretty well in that first half. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to the season. I just hope that we can get you know, more signings over the line. Absolutely. And when is kickoff date? August, eh? August, yeah. yeah. Early, it's, I think, in the, the first or the, is it the second week of August? Yeah. Oh, you won't know because you'll be on a yacht. I'll be on a yacht, Sean, so I won't okay. be paying attention. Okay, fair enough. Coming up next is our brainchild of our producer, uh, it's called Seeking the Socials, where he goes through the socials and asks me and Kurt on the spot. Gentlemen, welcome back to Seeking the Socials. This week, one major topic has been all over my social feeds. I'm not too sure about your guys's. It has caused quite an uproar in recent weeks, especially when the, the incident occurred. Uh, it's a story that's doused in controversy and somewhat that's doused in hate as well. And it's right now, I believe, a story that is on every football fan's mind. And this week, we're going to take to Twitter. There's no lucky packet scenario this time around. So the opinion is more of a group discussion. It's it's more of a topic, if you will. Um, it has been circling my Twitter sphere. Mason Greenwood's future. Do you see the 21-year-old returning to Old Trafford? Sean, do you want to take that first? Well, it, it's, it's, it's hard to comment because I just don't know like apparently Man United, Man United have come out and publicly and said he'll never play in the Premier League again so is the question should he be able to or is the question what was the question Aiden? like is he going to be playing for Man United again yeah do you see him returning to Old Trafford I think I don't in my honest opinion um, it's such a tough one I mean, he was found not guilty right he wasn't found not guilty the charges were dropped the charge were dropped. Okay, so that's a, that's a big difference, yeah. So, uh, my humble opinion is no, I don't. I don't think it would leave a good taste in anybody's mouth, whether it is his teammates, supporters, administrative staff, whatever. Um, I, I can't see him playing anywhere without being heckled, without being um, abused in a, in a sort of way. It's 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 a very very interesting topic, Aiden. Um, I can't see him playing for United. I can't see him playing for the Premier League, to be honest. I don't think he would cope. Um, maybe a move to... Oh, no, he won't go to Saudi. <laughs> that would be hectic. Um, yeah, I think it's just far too much damage. I think a lot of the United fans have been exhausted by all this press. Um, it's put a bit of a damper on United's season and he was one of United's star players, don't forget. He was absolutely quality at the time this, this came out. Um, his teammates turned against him. I don't think... Well, I don't think he would add any value coming into that dressing room. I think, if anything, it would put a, a shadow onto any sort of team spirit. Um, I think that if he had to come into the change room, I think the team would doubt the leadership of United, to be honest, and that could just filter down to to knows what. So, um, yeah, great question, Aiden. Um, that's my two cents worth. I could probably add a bit more after after Kurt's gone. Yeah, for me. For me personally, like as a United fan, I don't want to see him back in a United shirt. That's how I feel and I've, I've felt the entire time. Um, I just can't, I can't seem to, like when this whole story broke, look, I, 
I know this is a tricky one because we're dealing with sort of legal issues um, and really serious like accusations. But when this whole story broke and I saw the images on Twitter of the girl that he had allegedly abused um, and heard the the voice recordings um, of of his alleged voice saying what he was saying, it was it was awful. And I don't think that I can personally. This is my own view. Um, but I don't think that I can personally move on from that. I don't want to see a player like that play for Manchester United. Um, and particularly when Manchester United seem to be in a good moment, when we've, we've, we've just come back um, or we just returned to pre-season now on the back of a really you know, fruitful season, winning a, a, a trophy, finishing in a Champions League place. Um, so there's loads of positivity in the style of football, um, and you know potential new players coming in, new signings. It's it's a sort of feel good moment for Manchester United. It feels like the club might be on the up. And like Sean was saying, I don't think that it would serve the club to reintroduce him to the squad um, when it comes to the abuse that he might get from fans. Um, I personally would not feel a thing for him. I wouldn't feel sorry for him. But the the negative attention that it would bring Manchester United, um, I, I just think something that you you wouldn't want and i i feel like um it should be a moral issue so it should be about whether manchester united believe you know he did what he was accused of i think that's what it should come down to first but then secondly it should be about that and what it could do to the atmosphere at the club um and i, I just don't think that it's a risk worth taking you know we've we've dealt with without him for the last what has it been now um year and a half. He was arrested initially in Jan 2022. He hasn't played football since. And I, I, you know, people say that he was generational. He was a generational talent. Yes, he was a good, he was a good footballer, but he could finish well. You know, I've seen many footballers who can finish well. So I don't think that he's someone um, that we need to go out of our way to accommodate or to, to, to uh, you know, um, put back in the squad. I don't think that he's this messy level talented player or Cristiano Ronaldo level talented player. You can you can strike a ball well with both feet. You know, I've, I've got friends who can do that. Like it's not that important. Um, we've we've coped without him, and I think that we should continue to to cope without him. I, I do think that he'll play football again. You know, there's there's recently an image that surfaced um, of him training with Anthony Langer, who's a, another Manchester United player in Dubai. Um, that wasn't, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I'm aware, organized by Manchester United. That's just the two players training by themselves as friends. They came to the academy together. Um, so it does look like he has plans to return to football. Um, but I think that there's a, a tell here. And I think the fact that he wasn't a part of this preseason at Manchester United might be an indication of where his future lies. Because like I was saying to Sean when we were talking about all of this now, all of the, the international footballers are still on a break and uh, Mason Greenwood isn't one of them. Um, so why was he not there for pre-season? Why was he not there doing his medical tests? It looks like the internal investigation is still ongoing at Manchester United, but it looks right now like it's it's leaning towards his future being elsewhere. Um, that might just be on loan, who knows, um, for now. Maybe they are still holding out hope um, that the story just sort of quietens down over time and that people move on and forget about it. Um, but that's not going to happen. 
you know, um, in, in a year's time, we'll be in the same situation. Um, if they try and bring him back into the squad, it's going to be the same feeling. Um, is he still getting paid, Kurt? Yeah, his contract is until 2025. So he's still on the club's books and, and legally they haven't been able to terminate his deal. Um, it was just a suspension. Um, but as far as I'm aware, yes, he's still getting paid, um, which is all the more reason for, for Manchester United to speed this process up and, and make a decision. But yeah, yeah. he's been linked with, with clubs in Italy, with clubs in Turkey. Um, I don't think that the media attention will be as big in those countries. Um, yeah, but I just, I, I don't see him playing for Manchester United again. Okay. And I don't want to. That was Seeking the Socials. Next time around, we'll have a few more opinions, maybe another discussion. We'll take it from there. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, Curdy, just to wrap up, I guess we're going to watch the, the hurricane, etc., uh, etc. Et deals come through potentially. Anything else that you, we have missed today that you think is quite spicy? Um, not right now. Messi is going to be unveiled at Inter Miami this weekend, it looks like. And then Arsenal, I think, will probably over the next 48 hours or so announce the, the arrivals of Yuri and Timber from Ajax and Declan Rice from West Ham. So yeah, I think stuff. there will be a few more big deals coming through. And then, like we talked about with Anana, that yeah. looks like I think Fabrizio Romano was saying that the next 24 hours will be very crucial to, to this deal. Um, verbal uh, terms agreed between Anana yeah. and United. So now it's just up for Inter, Inter Milan and United to, to strike a deal. Yeah, well, I hope that happens, Curti. And from that, that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on snl24.com forward slash Sokoladuma, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, as always, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts, and Kurt, the athlete, the squash player, back at field. Thank you. Thank you, Shawnee.